on today's episode of the chase notes podcast the friday march 17th 2023 edition here on the chase Notes podcast matt green fellow university of north georgia alumni college football expert to talk all things you guessed it college football um we got into some early over-unders that were released uh this week yeah already uh pretty good uh getting a pretty good feel about where georgia michigan ohio state penn state lsu notre dame tennessee and colorado currently stand uh with their win totals and whether or not we like uh the over under really early early mid to mid uh early mid march here but spring practice underway next week for tennessee i think georgia started this week um some programs starting this week so um we're getting closer and closer and uh it's not officially college ball preview season but um this is uh this is a fun thing to do i think uh here in the off season so look out for that coming up right after this as always if you're an apple podcast or spotify listener make sure you're subscribed number one and then number two leave us a five-star rating and a review it helps we love it um helps the show continue to grow helps other people find the show uh email us with any cultural questions you want us to do a bailmatic episode yeah just email us uh chase thomas podcast at gmail.com do it today there you go uh check us out on youtube as well uh full episodes clips all that good stuff popping up on the youtube page youtube.com slash chase thomas podcast getting closer very very close to a thousand subscribers there so please make sure you can uh do that today if uh if you can so all right matt green college football coming up right with this uncle darren let's go chase thomas podcast the chase thomas podcast um my nephew needs me to record see i hate i already hate it i hate it all right, hello, and welcome back to a, another episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee. Everything School HQ. I don't really have anything else to say. Spring practice is coming up on Monday for the Tennessee Volunteers. I'm excited about that. Orange and white game coming up in just a few short weeks. Tennessee baseball kicking the crap out of everybody once again. Best rotation in college baseball. That's good. Tennessee basketball starting the tournament. Uh, tomorrow night, we'll see how that goes against Louisiana. Uh, the Georgia Bulldogs not participating in that Raging tournament. Cajuns, baby. You're going to shock the world. Okay, that's enough. Um, I, like I said, with the Vols and their basketball team, it's either they can go one of two ways. They either can make the Final Four or they're going down tomorrow. Like, this team has so high of a variance, like, nothing would surprise me with this group. Um, they have the best defense in college basketball. We'll see what that ultimately means, but... Um, I don't know. Nothing would surprise me with this Tennessee team. No expectations. Just all gas, no brakes. Also here down there in Tequila, Georgia, my good friend, Philly University of North Georgia alumni, Matt Green. Matt, good evening, sir. How are you? Good evening, sir. It is, uh, it's good to be back. Uh, I'm ready for the tournament, man. Have you, even uh, the, even though the dogs aren't in it, I'm, uh, I'm ready for it. Have you joined the, uh, the UGA NIL club to fix the Stegosaurus? Are you throwing some dollars to... Uh, help Mike White out and to have an arena for next year. I would say I went to a game this year, so yeah, mm-hmm. I am. I am. I've I've spent some money in Stegman Coliseum. I honestly didn't know that they served alcohol at Georgia basketball games till this year. So mm-hmm. that was a. Uh, I, I I thought only the only the the one percenters up there got got alcohol. I think at the football games, it was only like in the in the suites. I think. Are like they on still the, not like, selling club alcohol level or something? Are they still not selling alcohol at Stanford? I don't. I could be wrong now. Don't quote mm. me on it, but I think they were just selling it on the club level and not like everywhere else. So That's... I don't know. How, I don't know how that works, but uh, just just for the uh, select few, you know. But 
But That's no, at, bleak. at Stegman they definitely had a definitely had alcohol sales. So that was a that was a bonus, you know. <laughs> drink drink responsibly, folks. There you go. Uh, speaking of the Georgia Bulldogs, before we get into our headliner here uh, and what we're going to get into on this very program, Matt Green, um, early FanDuel betting odds uh, over unders for a select college football number of college football teams came out uh, today. So I wanted to parse through those with you uh, on this program because Tennessee is on the list, Georgia's on the list, a couple other random ones, but uh, which ones we like, which ones we are surprised by, which ones we don't like and would stay away from. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll get into that in a second. Um, college football. We're going to talk some college football over under win totals here. Uh, FanDuel released their over unders, Matt Green, coming into, uh, the new college football season. Not all of, all of them, but a pretty good amount. Um, only the best the teams. One, I wouldn't call Iowa, uh, one of the best. Is teams. Alabama not, did they not release one for Alabama? No. Bama's not there yet. I was confused by that. Okay. Georgia, 11.5. Michigan, 10.5. Ohio State, 10.5. Penn State, 9.5. Notre Dame, 8.5. LSU, 8.5. Tennessee, 8.5. Iowa, 8.5. And Colorado, 4.5. Matt Green, of this list... You know what? Let's go through it. Number one, the Georgia Bulldogs at 11 and a half. That is the over-under for FanDuel out of the gate here for the win total for the Georgia Bulldogs. If you're going early over on March 15th, that means you're betting on Carson Beck or Gunnar Stockton to be Heisman-type quarterback. I think that means you're betting on... Yeah, I think they have to. there has to be no offensive... Just drop off for them Georgia to be going twelve and zero again in twenty twenty one with just having no idea switching quarterbacks mid season. Like I don't think I don't think Georgia's quarterback has to be a Heisman candidate at all. I think the likelihood of Georgia being be a Heisman same. candidate is very low. You think the defense is going to be worse next year? I'm saying it's not going to be as good as that team two years ago. It's not going to be as good best. as 2021, no. but it's going to be better than 2022. Like there, there is so much of that defense back next year. I think, I think it, it'll look a lot. I don't think it'll look a lot more like the 2021 team than the 2022 team. Honestly, it's hard to say. I think the quarterback play could be just as good potentially like Stetson Bennett. Like, there's this revisionist history about Stetson Bennett that now he's the greatest Georgia quarterback of all time. How are they ever going to replace him? It's like people thought he was trash for, like, two years. So I think I think we can have another quarterback be just as good. He's obviously not trash. He is. He might be the best Georgia quarterback of all time, but he's, he's a very good player, but he's by no means, with all due respect to Stetson Bennett, he's by no means, like, a generational talent. Like, Georgia can easily, I think you know, match Stetson Bennett's production from, you know, it's college football. Like we see a lot of guys, a lot of teams with guys throw 25, 30 touchdowns and in single digit picks. Like we know how Georgia recruits, like we know the kind of supporting cast that's going to be around whoever wins the job. I think you left Vandegrift out of that conversation. He's definitely in the conversation. It's not, it's, it's most likely Beck, but I think, I don't think Vandegrift or Stockton have a, a leg up on either one. I mean, you would know better than I, but it seems like all the reporting is it's like, don't count out Gunner. 
but I think that's it's never what it is. Brock. It's, it's don't count yeah. out Gunner. So it's like that. That's because it, I think some people are given. I think there's respect being given to the Vandergriff. So Gunner feels like the hot take, and he was he was a big time recruit. So I just I hate the kind of overblown stereo, the overblown storyline of oh you know he was a Bobo guy. So Gunner. He's going to have the inside edge because he's teacher's pet or something. Like, obviously, the best guy's going to play. So, I don't know. It's I mean, talented. that matters for sure. Relationships matter, things like that. There are definitely some, always some politics at play, even with uh, quarterback decisions and stuff like that. No, there's definitely, there's I some would... business decisions. There's some political decisions. Uh, at this level, I think it's it's how you play. If it's, there's, there's experience and then there's like best guy like experience isn't just like oh he's the guy i like it's like the experience goes a long way so like none of these guys have experience as a starter like obviously beck's got the most uh reps under his belt uh just in terms like pass attempts and everything but i don't know i think it's it's definitely going to be a competition but i think uh i'm just saying you were saying uh just just gunner and and beck i think vandegriff is is right there I mean, it's just based on what I've read, like reading just Georgia insiders. It yeah. just feels like Brock's the odd man out. Like they're all seeming like they're oh, they're just like if it's not Beck, it's going to be because Gunner outplayed Beck in the spring. Nothing really is coming at Brock um, yeah. in terms of the. I think I don't he's know. just he's. I think uh, both are supposed to be more dual threats. I think than Beck, but um, yeah. I think that the level of athlete that Vandegrift is, like, I, I was kind of surprised kind of when he got into games, like, how, how many of those kind of designed runs they seem to run for him. So I think his athleticism could get him on the field potentially. And just, and I think you'll see kind of what Jim Harbaugh did, like, not completely just this guy starts game one, this guy starts game two, but we've, we're, we're talking about Georgia's schedule right now. It's like you open with UT Martin and Ball State, like, there's no reason why you can't split the two two reps of games like perfectly up in, th- in three. Hold on. Are you still operating under the assumption that you're keeping all three going into fall camp? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely not, Matt Green. Dude, Who's if, Carson ever, Beck, never... if Carson Beck balls, he could go pro this year. Like, Oh, no. You're not. So you think that Georgia's just going to keep this whole charade going after spring ball? Because this doesn't happen anywhere else if you did you read that piece from Max nobody's Olsen, doing what george's doing right now man they're winning national championships like you want to be a to play part of it. one of these guys Brock are Vandegrift going to is leave. from athens georgia like and gunner stockton's a georgia guy too like there is some separation in the years right now and beck the the probability of a guy like beck hanging around for three years was very low and he did it so it's it's definitely not out of the realm of possibility and i a hundred percent think that they're going to go into this year with all three like no i after spring ball one's I'm out sure, I don't, i'm guessing I, it's brock i'm sure they and, will all three be on the roster tw- spring of 2024 but the, i think that they go into this year i mean look at what's happening with georgia's how many seasons under kirby smart georgia the guy who started the season was not the guy who ended the season like dewan mathens started the season jt daniels ended it jt daniels started it stetson ended it Eason started it. Jacob Fra- uh, Jake Fromm ended it. Like it's happened all- more times than it hasn't happened for Kirby Smart. Even what's his uh, Grayson Lambert started 2016, and Jacob Eason finished that season. So it's happened enough times to where you're not going to count out the the second stringer. Like 
you're one injury away from from potentially being the guy and especially when the when the position is still as open as it is like i think you're you're not only just one an injury away like you're a potential like bad couple series away because the guy isn't the solidified number one uh guy on the depth chart so I think uh, I think they do go into not to get make the whole conversation about the quarterback position, but I think they I personally think they'll all still be on the team. But you just look at how Georgia starts the season. I think you'll see them get all three of them get a lot of reps in those first two games to kind of just see what they got in, in game action. And then third game, you got South Carolina at home when it kind of really starts. But uh, I, I could see something like that. But you look at Georgia's schedule, like you said, 11 and a half. I I don't. It's not to sound cocky, but I don't think one of those that quarterback has to be a superstar. I think this is a loaded roster, the offensive line, the defensive line, just the the playmakers in general coming back on the defensive side of the ball. I think you're going to see. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of wins on this Georgia schedule. At Auburn is one of the ones that just intimidates you because it's Auburn and it's on the road, but it's like we don't know what Auburn is really going to be under Hugh Freeze in year one. So it's like, obviously South Carolina and Kentucky are both at home. Those just, those feel like automatic wins for Georgia, not even just being disrespectful. So it's like, that's what is that? Seven and O right there. Or is that six and O it's, it's an easy, should be an easy seven and O start. And then you got, it gets a little more difficult with Florida, Ole Miss and, um, at Tennessee in November, but it's Tennessee's the only game. I'm just gonna go ahead and say Tennessee in Knoxville is the only maybe loss. I'm a big year two of head coaches uh guy. You you saw it with Josh Heupel last year. So Billy Napier, year two. I'm not just gonna uh, count out Florida as uh, like just some rollover. The line game. opened at twenty one and a half already for Georgia, Florida a couple weeks ago. I mean, I, that might be what people think right now, but I'm just saying Florida's going to see significant improvement. Like we no, always, they're not. They're going to be a worse team this we year. Always Graham see Mertz it. is under center, Matt. Graham. Andy Richardson like was under center last year. It might be an upgrade. Who knows? No. No. I mean, could it be an upgrade from a quarterback who threw 17 touchdowns and nine picks? Like, no. Let's be, could the offense can potentially work better than it did last year? No. I, I don't think Graham that's Mertz. true. Florida, Case is closed. I, I'm Case not closed. high on Graham Mertz, but the Florida had left a lot of room for improvement for what they were last year. There's not just Florida is bare. If Florida goes bowling, it's a win. I Their think that's tough. probably true. Oh yeah, the schedule was definitely tough. I'm just saying, I think you see a lot of teams. Don't you dare! I'm worried about Florida. The back-to-back Georgia it's national the cocktail champion party, sir. It's uh it's never a, it's never a foregone. I'm gonna conclusion. be sick. I'm gonna be sick. But he yeah. threw out Florida before he threw out at Tennessee. No, I did. Top ten Tennessee. No, no, I, I definitely Tennessee is definitely a more difficult game. I'm just saying mm. I'm not writing off Florida. Tennessee is definitely the number one circle game on the schedule and probably Ole Miss at home. Ah, at Auburn is just, that's a wild card because it's on the road, but it's a rivalry game on the road. Um, in terms of, I'm just saying like probability of Georgia losing, I, I would say Auburn is the second highest one on this whole schedule simply because it's at Auburn. But then third, I would probably, I would probably say Ole Miss ahead of Florida. Um, even though it, that is going to be at home too. So Lane Kiffin, Kirby Smart, that'll be an exciting one. And Ole Miss, Georgia used to be a, a locked rival. Like all throughout 
to the original 90, uh, like 92 expansion. George Ole mm. Miss played every year until they kind of changed it up. I don't know. It was like 2003, 2004. But, um, yeah. Well, so we'll get to see uh, George Ole Miss again. That's true. Uh, I feel like Eli. I think Musa Smith had a good game against uh, Eli Manning and Ole Miss when they came to Athens in the early 2000s. I seem Are to recall you? Musa had a good game. You could be right about that's before I was my, at that game. That's before my memory's too great, to be honest. So you could be uh, you could be right about that one. I um, the last time Ole Miss came to Georgia, I want to say it? I want to say it was uh, definitely Aaron Murray, one of Aaron Murray's okay. years, like 2011 or 2012. Because I remember Ole Miss was rocking gray unis. One of the Kimdichis mm. was there. Uh, the older Kim Dietschy was there. So I think it was Denzel. 2012 because I think it was the year before Robert Kim Dietschy got there. So, um, yeah. So I think it was 20. I want to say it was 2012 because I remember uh, like a 50-yard touchdown to Tavares, to Tavares King like like five seconds to go in the first half or something. And I think it ended up being a blowout. But I want to say 2012. Michigan, 2023 outlook, 10 and a half. Um, for the Wolverines, ten and a half for the Buckeyes as well. Matt Green, I'm leaning the under here. What is your early gut on Michigan? They have to go to Nebraska, to Minnesota. They get at Michigan State, at Penn State, and then Ohio State. This, I'm. I don't think they're back to the CFP. I, I think Michigan takes a slight step back. It's did good you, that they get uh, Blake Did you leave back. out at Maryland, sir? You put some respect out. on the Terrapins. I don't think the Terps have ever beaten Michigan since they made it's the Big Ten. A, it's a trap game right there, sandwiched in between uh, Penn State and Ohio State. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, this this looks like an easy schedule to start, like a solid like 6-0, 7-0. I'm not mm-hmm. a believer in Nebraska. Minnesota. Mi- Nebraska's going to be feisty. Mark it down. I think Nebraska's <sighs> feisty in 2023. You, they could be. But I, um, I think Minnesota will probably be a tougher game. But I mean, Michigan State, we're just gonna, we're just gonna, they're just gonna be a, a wait and see, just year in, year out, just have no idea what to expect for Michigan State. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 we'll, we'll see. Obviously, on the road, that'll be tough. But ten and a half, I feel like. What were they last year? Probably, probably ten and a half or something like. Yeah. There's just this belief. I'm at least surprised to see Ohio State with the same line because it, it yeah. feels like there's just this belief that Ohio State's just better than Michigan, and they just they're just gonna keep beating Ohio State, and at some point we'll believe that they're better than Ohio State. But I don't know. Ten and a half. I would. It's a manageable schedule. It's hard to see them losing more than two for sure. But at Penn State and Ohio State, I could see it. I I would I would probably lean towards the under. Ohio State, um, speaking of the Buckeyes, they are at um, 10.5. Their schedule is easier. I like their schedule more. It's weird they open up at Indiana. I don't know why that's their opener, um, but it is what it is. I don't li- like you're at Notre Dame. That's going to be tough, but you get Penn State at home. You got to go to Wisconsin. That's probably the biggest, I would say. Just like, hmm, how that goes. Just because we have no idea what they're going to look like with. Uh, their new revamped offense with uh, the air raid in uh, in in Wisconsin. That's just going to be really really weird to to see with Phil Longo calling plays um, with uh, with them. I think Tanner Mordecai will be QB one, who's been just putting up bonkers numbers at SMU the last two years. It's just going to be weird. 
Um, but outside of that, at Michigan, you get Michigan State at home. You get Minnesota at home. Like I mentioned, Penn State at home. This feels like 11-1 uh, type year. Did I? I would take the over. Did I miss you say at Notre Dame? No, I said at Notre Dame. Okay. I think that's the biggest game on the schedule. Like next to Michigan, not, obviously. I think Notre Dame... You don't think I'm Notre down. Dame's going to be good? And you're you're two of uh, Marcus Freeman. I don't trust the offense. That offensive coordinator thing went awry. I don't know, man. Like they went in house after all that. I mm, I don't know. No, I, I, think, I think there's they're definitely an eight and some. Team. I think there's definitely some questions um, about exactly how good they could be. But I think going at Notre Dame, that's going to be national. That's going to be college game day. Like that's that's going to be a huge atmosphere. Like. The place is gonna be going nuts. So I, uh, they're, they're gonna learn their lesson from that Georgia game a few years ago. Like they're they're gonna make sure that there's Notre Dame fans uh, in in the seats. So I don't know. I I don't I don't think that's an automatic win when I just look at Ohio State's schedule. Ohio, I, I think Ohio State just seems like they have more uncertainty. I mean, it could just be plug and play, and they just they're the same offense they are every single year. But I think there's a little more uncertainty. It feels like right now. Um, they've played seven times total, uh, Ohio state's five and two and have, uh, I think it looks like, have they won the last five? I think, I think Ohio state's won the last five. I remember they played, um, obviously last year, but I want to say it was like the Fiesta bowl, like Oh three Oh four. Uh, cause who was it? Brady Quinn's sister that like dated AJ Hawk or something like that. And she had like the. I think the, they're the married. dual jersey. Yeah. Yeah. So was that 2006? I was thinking AJ Hawk was on the team, but I could I could be wrong. I was thinking it was like the year after they won the national. No, 2006 was the year Florida won it all when they Florida yeah. beat them. Um, it was like the year after they won the national championship. Well, I'm looking at 2006, Tempe, Jim Trestle versus Charlie Weiss. Ohio State beat Notre Dame 35 Oh, points. so the 05 season. 2006, yeah, and then they won it in 2006. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So Notre Dame hasn't beaten uh, Ohio State since 1935. Oh, wow. That's not mm. great. But they've played like five times, right? Seven so times. But, there's... yeah, they have not won. Like, Ohio State, I, I think Ohio State wins. I, I just, yeah, no, I'm not really worried about that one for them. No, if I'm, when the week comes, I'm sure I'll probably pick Ohio State to, to win that game. But watch out for the Irish. Year two. Believe not in the afraid. year two. How, how not... can you, of all people, not be a, a year two a year I two believer. Year you saw Josh oh. Heupel year two. You were you, you just saw it happen right in front of your eyes. I mean, it's, look, it's a thing. We'll see. Um, this is one I believe is probably an early one. I would I'm going to jump on, and I've been kind of a believer here for a while. But Penn State at nine and a half, I'm pounding the over. I like that. Jump on that now um, before it rises or moves a little bit. I think this is a ten win team. At worst, um, really excited to see the Drew Aller experience get going here. Um, I, I just, if not this year, with the turnover at Ohio State, we're going to see what the quarterback situation is. Lose a lot of talent. You get Marvin Harrison back and company, but still pretty good amount of talent. Lost some unproven guys. Michigan, I think, is a little bit more vulnerable. I don't like their schedule as much. Like, if not this year, when is it going to be time, Penn State? Like, you got to go to Ohio State, but you get Michigan at home, which is big. Um, you obviously finish the year on the road at Michigan State, but you get Iowa at home. Um, I you get West Virginia at home to open the year. I just I look at it. And I'm like the schedule looks like a ten win at worst schedule, but if all things break right, eleven and one, 
I don't know. I, I like the Nittany Lions in 2023. I, I think they're a sneaky Big Ten tie. And I just, we're going to do this every year until James Franklin breaks through. But like, man, I like this team and I like where they're going. They recruited a high level. They were really good last year. Um, they did exactly what they were supposed to do. They won the games they were supposed to and lost the ones they were supposed to. You get a new quarterback in, higher upside than Sean Clifford and Drew Aller. I don't know. I'm, I'm buying some Penn State stock uh, in mid-March. I was going to say, you you, you uh, mentioned James Franklin. I feel like he should be the coach under the most pressure, mm. but I don't feel like he is. I feel like everyone just kind of – I'm seeing lists the other day where he's like ranked like the fifth best coach in, in college football. Mm. And like you said, this feels like a if not now, when? And – it doesn't really feel like he's truly under that pressure. It feels like that's like an external pressure of like how we all feel about Penn State. But it feels like in in terms of how the people at Penn State feel about their head coach, it, it doesn't feel like there's any sort of, you know, if, if they only win nine this year, I think we got to start to reevaluate, you know, with the direction. It's like, uh, nine, well... Yeah, we're we're thinking better, but you know we got a we got a damn good coach, so we're we're cool with it. It's I don't know. It it, it feels like, but I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm looking at their schedule and like they have Iowa at home, like they got Michigan at home, Michigan State and Ohio State on the road. Like this, it's a it's a manageable schedule. West Virginia at a conference, but at home as well. Also, that's that's another game we should we should get that one played more more often with the backyard brawl penn state west virginia that just feels like a game that should be played more often um but also uh the delaware blue hens don't don't forget about them on the schedule also at illinois i guess i left them out they were definitely a breakthrough team last year so illinois they're one of those teams it's like it's hard to project year in year out you just look on their schedule and you're like yeah they're probably gonna lose most of those games so so maybe they're the South Carolina of the SEC, and I'm just never giving them as much credit as as they uh, as they deserve. But I uh, looking at Penn State's schedule, I would say definitely over on the on the nine and a half. This looks like a ten and two team, or or maybe even eleven and one. And this is the year they actually can can get to the playoff. He's won eleven games four times since 2016. I think he's just on. I think he's just. I don't think Penn State could do better at this point. Like, who are you outside of like the Matt Rule? guy like but i think james franklin's better than matt rule he's recruited except exceptionally well they are in the blue chip ratio every year he recruits the quarterback position well he recruits the skill position guys well i i don't know i think if you're a penn state fan you should be happy yeah it kind of sucks that you haven't broken through with the ohio states and the michigans but like you're right there like you're right there I, I don't know. I would be okay. I would not be like, hey, the grass is always greener. Um, and like, or the gra- like the grass is not always greener uh, when it comes to Penn State. And I, it's like, you got a good thing going. Like, no, college ball is constantly changing. Fair. You have a top 10 coach, top 10 program. Like, just, just be happy. You might break through. Just wait it out. Georgia fans, y'all waited it out. Y'all are right around there. We did there. not You're... wait it out. We 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 cut ties with that guy after after 15 years. But I mean, that's a long time. <laughs> But that's true. I mean, how long has he been there? Is he? He's been there like a decade now, right? Mm, One, two. I guess so. 2014. Yeah. Nine, next year will be, year will be a decade. Yeah. So you know, let's put a Mark Richt also had some uh, SEC championships and stuff too. I guess 
he got one, right? James yeah. Franklin got one as a uh, Big Ten title. So mm. maybe there are some similar. He's the Mark Richt of the of the Big Ten right now, and maybe that's good enough for Penn State. But um, I think the eleven and two this past year was obviously definitely needed after uh, the pandemic year and twenty twenty one back to back like really poor season. So he's obviously a really good coach, but um, hasn't beaten Ohio State since that twenty what sixteen season. So Obviously, Ohio State's a very good team, and that and that's that's not an easy thing to do. But you look, you, we know what college football schedules are, right? Like, there's a lot of built-in wins when you're one of the team that's teams that has the better players. There's a lot of built-in wins. Penn State doesn't recruit like maybe like the elite of the elite, but in terms of the Big Ten, they're definitely the second or third recruiting team in the conference every year. So. They're, they're, they have better players than just about everyone they're playing other than Ohio State and Michigan, and they're beating just about everyone they play other than Ohio State and Michigan. So they obviously have beaten Michigan uh, here and there, but it's uh, – I don't know. This is, a, this is a huge year to kind of, like I said, from our national perception because I think like I think Penn State's it's good with James Franklin. So I don't feel like he's truly under the, the pressure to win now or else. I would agree. Um, let's see here. Uh, let's go to LSU. LSU eight and a half. Another one. I'm locking in over. I think eight and four after what we just saw from LSU last year is a disaster. Like, I think that means a lot went wrong. I think there's a chance they have a Heisman quarterback and Jaden Daniels. Talent everywhere. Harold, Perkles, Harold Perkins is a year older. Uh, LSU's obviously cleaned up in the portal. They... I, I just, I think LSU, they were ahead of schedule last year. They went to the SEC title game when it was just like, hey, let's just get to 9-3. and three. They had a disaster start. They get absolutely curb stomped at home. Fans leaving early in the LSU-Tennessee game. And they didn't break. Like, they just, they got better as the season went along. And they, uh, they obviously beat Alabama in a crazy ending. Like, Brian Kelly wants the smoke. Like, he's picking up all kinds of points from uh, LSU fans. Really, just SEC fans because he's like, I don't care who our permanent three rivals are. We're fine with that. We're gonna go play him. I left Notre Dame for these kind of games. We'll go beat him. Like it's, he's not like, scared. That's what football coaches say. That's why I'm like so shocked by Nick Saban. Like, oh, I don't know why we should have to play those guys. There, those guys are tough. Like, you know what? What is that? You want to play whoever? Like, you're Alabama. You're mm. you want to you want to be the best. You got to beat the best. Like Brian Kelly. People are worried about the culture, right? Like, no, the culture is winning football. And if he's got a winning football team, they'll, he'll do just fine. But, yeah, like, like we've said, year two guys, Brian Kelly in year two. Like, you look at the schedule, and it's obviously tough in the SEC West. Like, on the road, you go at Ole Miss, at uh, Mississippi State. At Alabama. Well, hold on. You skipped at for the Florida State neutral side game. I was just game. saying the road yeah. games, but, okay. but yeah, yeah. And then Florida State, like you said, to open up, like that's that's a that's a super that's a top difficult five game. matchup now. Yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of big. And then at home, you still got Florida, Texas A&M, Auburn, Arkansas. Like it's not an easy schedule, but I see eight and a half, and I just cannot imagine this team winning eight games next year. Like I think LSU is going to be like one of the best teams in the SEC. Like they're going to be expecting to win the West next year, not just win nine games. So I would definitely pound the over there. Florida State's going to be so fascinating to open up because I think both teams have CFP aspirations, and 
that's just that's a that's a college football playoff game right out of the gate and it's funny because like think about what it was a year ago where it's like we didn't really care it's just like eh, we'll see year one with brian kelly their new system uh, florida state uh, it's, let's see and then it's an amazing ending and all that but i mean it was like an amazing ending like but you do you weren't you didn't feel like you were watching good football you're like mm. these are just these are just like you know they're just wrestling around like it's just a good time you know like it's it's they're they're two super evenly matched teams it's like it wasn't like oh this is football being played at a high level it was just it was just super entertaining like a bad movie or something like so it was uh it was good stuff and now they're going to be fighting for the college football playoff uh this fall so i i tend to look at this as a over i will say I think they split. I don't know how they got Mississippi and Mississippi State both on the road early in the year. That's that's a bad draw um, for for them. So I think they split that. I don't know which one is the one they drop, but I'm going to say LSU doesn't get by both unscathed. Also, um, literally the only game I didn't mention in conference was at Missouri. So no disrespect. That's to not. The, uh, I mean, that's... to the to the Missouri fans out is there. Is Jake Garcia going to be QB one? That'd be fun. For Missouri. Yeah. No, my guy for Missouri, who I already forgot his name. Brady Cook. Brady Cook, that's the guy. Noted Matt Green guy, who <laughs> for, he forgot in a matter forgot, of a week. I blanked on his name, but no, he was uh, he showed some signs last year. But uh, also he showed some signs. Also GSU State, not Southern. They mm. uh, they play so the third. I think they played two GSUs, Grambling State as well. Oh, there you go. Mm. Um, do we want to do Notre Dame? Eight and a half. Yeah, let's do it. Notre Dame, eight and a half. I'm going under. I don't like any of this. Like Andy Ludwig is not the OC. They go and uh, promote from within with Parker. Sam Hartman coming in as a grad transfer. You know how our wives feel about Sam Hartman. Matt Green. He's a handsome guy. Man, and then the Demon Deacons are coming up, coming up on November 18th. Uh, it's gonna tempers are gonna flare in that one. I don't like where things are going. Like, they're recruiting really well. The defense is going to be solid. I'll worry about that. They'll be a top 10 defense. I just, I don't like the offensive coordinator hire. I think Sam Hartman takes a huge step back. He transferred to play for Tommy Reese, and Tommy Reese bolted. So, this is going to be a different system. Parker has been around the block. He's been at West Virginia. He's been a uh, lieutenant with... Uh, Cutcliffe at Duke. I just, I don't like it. I don't like the schedule. I mean, I think they dropped Ohio State. I don't like them at NC State. I don't like USC coming in there. I think Louisville's going to be a lot better with Jeff Brom. They go to Clemson. Yeah, I was going to say, go, go ahead. Go ahead. I think this is like seven and five, eight and four. That's my guess. That's my gut right now. Yeah, it's uh, there's not a lot of margin for error in terms no. of going eight and a half because Ohio State. USC and Clemson, like <laughs> you could potentially be playing three top five teams, like yep. at the end of next season, like that that wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility. And then you just you have to win every other game to to go over on that. That's a that's gonna be a tough task. Like I don't know what to expect to to, to suspect. I said suspect. I don't know mm -hmm. to, what to expect from NC State next year, but. That's still at NC State's not going to be an easy game, so I think uh, it's a tricky schedule for sure. I I would probably I don't know. They made strides going 
like to finish the season last year. Like, let's not forget, they did blast Clemson last year. Mm. So going on the road at Clemson seems a lot different, but I don't know. I might I might lean more towards the eight wins as well because it, it feels like you're going to start at, like, nine and three, best-case scenario. Um, Tennessee, last SEC team on here, eight and a half, Matt Green. I think that was seven and a half last year for the Vols, if I remember correctly. So much progress. Look, <laughs> it's hard, man. Eight and a half. Like, this schedule is sneaky tough. I think people need to understand that, like, I'm not, like, Virginia on a neutral site. Like, they'll blow out Virginia. They'll be fine. They go to Florida this time. In Nashville. Not, well, yes. Virginia and Nashville, yeah. Terrible. South Carolina at home, they'll blow them out in September. UTSA the week before. I think that will be a dogfight. Um, UTSA is a good team. And I, I think, think we gonna... can definitely not just count South Carolina as an automatic win after what went down last year. We can't just forget. I need to go back and pull up when the last time South Carolina went into Knoxville and beat the Vols because it's been a bit. Um, it's a day game. It'll be a nooner. It'll be super hot. It'll be what it was two years ago. Um, Joe Milton will put on a clinic. They're going to pass all over What was over that him. 2021 score? It was like 28-0 first quarter or something? Yes. I was there. It's in the building with the fam and my now wife. It's a fun remember. time. That was a track meet. That was a track meet. Um, I, uh, I just look at this and I'm like, if Joe Milton's solid, they should be at worst nine and three. Like if Joe Milton is a solid to good quarterback in 2023, Brew's back. So your rotation out wide is going to be Brew McCoy, Dante Thornton, and Squirrel White. Squirrel White's going to be a superstar. Um, Brew McCoy is obviously a former five-star, had a good year. Now he's going to be the number one guy. You get McCallan Castles coming in at tight end. Transfer from UC Davis. He's going to be an NFL player. My biggest thing is offensive line. They lose Darnell Wright to the NFL draft. Right tackle is going to be John Campbell. Looks like coming in, transfer from Miami, who knew Joe Milton in high school. I think he was a four-star maybe uh, when he was coming out. Been Played a lot of football, started for Miami most of last year. Left tackle, it's like Gerald Mincy um, or, or J.J. Crawford. It's just if the tackles are not good, here was the thing about Hendon. Hendon was so good at reading and reacting, using his legs. He could throw it. He made great decisions all the time. Joe takes sacks. Joe's not mobile like that. Joe is a pocket guy. Joe is waiting, and he'll sit in the pocket and wait for guys to get downfield so he can throw it 75 yards through the air. Like He's going to take his time in the pocket. If the offensive line is not good this fall, which is a possibility, if John Campbell does not work out because you are moving on from a first-round offensive tackle, the right spot, and Gerald Mincy, who was a transfer from Florida, didn't work out, or a walk-on and change, like. There's a path to where this is ugly and they have to make a change because Joe Milton is not getting the ball out quickly enough and drives are dying quickly because it's third and long early because they're just not, they're just putting themselves in, in bad spots. And I mean, he took some bad sacks in the Clemson bowl game and there were a couple of bad three and outs. You're like, okay, let's keep an eye on that. Cause that was something Hendon hooker did not do um, all season long. That's a path to uh, some, some issues. I think Georgia-Tennessee is close this fall. Many are saying that it might be a blackout come the fourth quarter again. Um, that's what happened in 2021. People forget that the Georgia fans took over Neyland Stadium at the end of that game. Not that Tennessee was wearing a lot of black because, or the fans, because it was cold and they were just wearing black in the building like myself. But it was because the Georgia fans actually took over Neyland Stadium in that second half. But 
I look at the schedule. They'll beat Kentucky. They always beat Kentucky. A&M at home is a interesting, anywhere interesting one. They'll beat Missouri. They'll beat Vanderbilt. They'll beat UConn. Beat South Carolina. Beat Florida. I think ten and two is probably what you should expect as a Tennessee fan. Nine and three is worst case scenario. I think for me. So I'm leaning over. I don't think they beat Bama two years in a row. They have to go to Bama this year. But Georgia at home, man. There's no way that nine and three is worst case scenario, though. Like you look at this team, like beating Alabama at, on the road is highly unlikely. Just beating Alabama second year in a row, like I don't know what to expect from Alabama. So maybe this is a good year to get Alabama on the road, but it's it's hard to say it's ever a good time to go into Bryant Denny Stadium. Georgia's obviously going to be, you know, a powerhouse again next year. So it feels like ten and two is like best case scenario. So I don't know how. I'd say eleven and one is best case scenario. I mean, I guess potentially, of course, but I it's hard to see them. It's hard to see them doing. I mean, I, I don't think they'll go eight and four. So it's it it's probably I, I tend to lean towards nine and three being the like most likely disappointing scenario but you look at the schedule like we weren't expecting south carolina last year like that's gonna be in knoxville but like that's that that did happen it was interesting to me how you said like georgia has to have a heisman candidate quarterback in order to repeat but for tennessee if joe milton is just solid they can you know accomplish xyz like i think I think Joe I mean, they have the best play caller now in the in the conference. Like the best play caller now resides in Knoxville. Todd Monk comes out could, the door. I think you yeah. could make that argument, but Hendon Hooker was great for Tennessee last year. Right. So they accomplished what they did with an absolute with one of the the best production in all of college football from the quarterback position. Like the very short list. So I think Tennessee. I think Joe Milton has to probably match every bit of what Hendon Hooker did if they're going to go ten and two this year to and kind of keep Tennessee at that level because Tennessee hasn't necessarily recruited at the level to just expect 10 and two, 11 and one, maybe like we're going to contend for the sec every single year. Like Hendon hooker may have been that kind of generational talent that like they needed to, you know, kind of elevate where the team was truly at. Like I kind of like kind of compare it to Deshaun Watson on a lesser level. Like, Clemson wasn't necessarily recruiting at that top three or four level, but Deshaun Watson elevated them to to the top of the top. Like Tennessee was still recruiting like, yeah, the sixth, seventh, fifth, sixth, seventh best team in the SEC. And the quarterback play is a big reason why they were the third sec. Well, they finished they finished second highest ranked SEC team last year. Did Alabama finish they were right there. Tennessee right there, right? Third. Second or third highest ranked third. team. Finished like seventh yeah. uh in the final AP poll. So they did outperform where they have recruited in the last three years, how, whatever the, whatever their composite ranking or, or whatever you want to call that was. So it's not necessarily a foregone conclusion that they're going to get that quarterback play because Hendon Hooker was a damn good quarterback last year. So I think they need that if they're going to sustain that 10 and two, or even like, the Georgia game is to decide the East. Like, I think there's a chance that they do have two or three losses going into Athens or when Georgia comes to Knoxville, I should say. 
I mean, if they have three losses when Georgia gets there, then a lot's gone wrong because I think that means they lost to either probably Florida and or A and M. I think a Florida um, or A and M is. I think A and M is probably what I would say is the third. If they lose a third game, are you, mm. are you counting Florida as like the third most likely loss? Yeah. Which one? Because it's saying? at Florida. Tennessee, Florida is always that. Like it's yeah. just always going to be. They got over it last year, but until they like go on a win streak and really start dominating that series, I'm not. I'm just not going to go ahead and count yeah. that in as a as a win, even if Florida's bad this year. I think, too, but with the Hinden Hooker thing, they'll obviously miss him. But the running back room is loaded. Jalen Wright's just looking like an absolute monster. They are loaded there. They're loaded at wide out. There's speed everywhere. The defense, I think, is going to be a lot better. The, there's They have so much talent now in that defensive room. The linebacker core... Like with um, with Elijah Herring, Aaron Beasley, Keenan Peely coming in from BYU. You have the three stud, four stars, uh, Jalen Smith out of Grayson, uh, Jeremiah Lander out of Gainesville, and then the four-star, borderline five-star who Alabama tried to get at the end um, from Smyrna, Tennessee, Arian Carter, who I think will play a lot. Jordan Matthews, who Tennessee beat out um, LSU for. He'll probably get some reps at corner. The defense is going to be better, which is huge for them. And that's part of what happened in that South Carolina game. The depth and just running out of corners and Jeremy Banks not being available. Like, just they were thin. They did not have bodies when they were just not available. They could not handle that in SEC play. I don't think that's going to be the case anymore. The scholarships are back. I think they have replenished the cupboards. And the last thing was with Milton, Heupel deserves the benefit of the doubt. He has only had a top 10 offense since being at Tennessee. He worked out with Dylan Gabriel. He worked out with Sam Bradford. He worked out with Drew Locke. The man has never really failed in this regard. So when you're worried about Joe Milton, it's like, if it's not Joe Milton, it'll be Nico. And Nico will probably be great. Like, I just, I'm not worried. The least of my concerns for Josh Heupel and the Tennessee Volunteers is elite quarterback play. Like, I think that's fair to just assume Heupel is going to produce elite quarterbacks year in, year out. And that's just... The way the offense works, the way he and Joey Halsey coach coach these guys, but until they don't have a top ten offense and until they don't have a quarterback who plays an elite level uh, in this scheme, I just I'm gonna go ahead and pencil that one in. I mean, I think it's it's fair to to assume that there's a just a certain floor that Tennessee's offense is going to have, um, and they could just regardless be one of the best better offenses in the SEC. Um, it's or in and in the country it's it's interesting there's kind of some similarities i feel like when it comes to like uh stetson bennett and hendon hooker because it's like georgia's replacing both of those and you would call both of them all-time great for what they have been for both of those teams for the last two years but there does feel like an element of overachieving to both of them that you actually might be able to replace them with a more traditionally talented guy with a strong arm and and potentially not miss a beat offensively. And, and Josh Heupel, it's definitely uh, reasonable to think Tennessee could, could have just as good of an offense. Last team, and we'll wrap up here tonight, Matt Green. Colorado, the Buffs, four and a half, where you see it and you're like, wait, four and a half? Dion's there. Like, this is, they, they got like 30 Guys in the transfer portal. Shador Sanders is going to be QB1. Cormani McLean's in the building. Jimmy Horn Jr. is in the building. Colorado's going to be fine. Like, Colorado is going to be a good football team under Deion Sanders. Like, he's going to recruit well. They're going to be good. 
Colorado's coming. Like, they are going to be the kings of the Pac-12 sooner rather than later. That four and a half was a wake-up call where it's like, this is a team that still won one football game last year. This is still a roster with a lot of guys from that previous era. It's going to take a little time. Not the time it would have taken years ago in the pre-transfer portal, portal era, but it's going to take at least a year. And I think this is going to be a year where you're like, y'all, you open with the team that just went to the national title. They got blasted, sure. They beat Michigan. TCU's going to be It'll good again. they look very different. but Yeah, but TCU's going to be good. They're going to be favored. You get TCU, then you get treated with Nebraska, who will be favored in that game. You go to Oregon, USC at home, at Arizona State, at UCLA, at Washington State, and then to end the year, get at Utah. Four and a half, you look at it and you're like, man, this is a brutal schedule for year one for Dion. I think if you go bowling, huge win. That's a great year. If you even get five wins, five or six, huge win. You're just trying to make a bowl. You're showing progress. You want to get these young guys playing, get people acclimated with this, to the system, this, that, and the other. I'm going to go over because I believe in Dion and I believe in this what they're, uh, the offense they're bringing over from Kent State, and I think Shador is going to be pretty good. I'm going to go over, but it's going to be a tough year. Like There are going to be some bad losses. I think it's going to be a difficult situation. That stretch of Oregon, USC, and Arizona State is going to be particularly brutal yeah, just the road schedule alone like they play mm. six road games at tcu at oregon at arizona state at ucla at washington state at utah like they'll be lucky to win a road game next year so like that's starting you at zero and six like on the road so washington state is like the one the one that you like okay you might get them that one it's like they went bowling last year so like they were they were not a bad team so they're going to have to run the table uh, at home to to go to a bowl game. And like that includes Nebraska and USC at home. So And Oregon State, who we're not even talking about. What did they finish? Like 15th or something last year? Like, yeah. Did they win 10 games, I think? They did win 10 games. So, they like, beat Oregon. Yeah. So it's like that, Florida. that schedule, I I might have to lean towards the under if, if I'm being yeah. honest. Like they're not, they're not winning a road game and they're not going to beat Oregon state or USC. So I think four and eight, that's, that's probably what they end up next year. I'm going over. I'm just going to say they steal one or two of those. I don't know who it is, but I think they're going to be a little bit better than that. I think they get, I think I'm going to say five, but I would not be surprised if it's six. I don't think they yeah. go over six. I think that's an, that's an unbelievable achievement if they go over six. It, they did they did completely overhaul the roster, so they're going to be a very good, uh, very different team. We don't know how good at all they're going to be. Like, is Shador Sanders is he a Power Five quarterback? Like, or is this guy a Division Two quarterback, an FCS quarterback? Like, I don't. Well, to be fair, he was he was a four star. He was like he went to Jackson State because. Um, his dad was obviously coach. Like, I think he could have gone to some power five schools. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's not really going from that G five. I mean, he's only played G five, uh, or not G five, uh, FCS, but I, he could have like at Florida state or whatever. I think he had, he had options outside of, outside of that. We'll see, but it's exciting. Colorado is going to be exciting, exciting football. They're going to be must see TV like TCU, Colorado. Is that the best game the opening week? No, that can't be the best game of the opening week. What is the well, best Florida week State one LSU? Game? I know is 
Is that at that? I guess it yeah. Might not be on. Is that not on Saturday? I know last year it wasn't on Saturday, right? We were just talking about mm. it. Yeah, it's on Sunday. Is it the best Saturday game? Um, I don't have the schedule pulled up in I'm front of me. Put me on the spot here, sir. Um, looking at Saturday. I'm looking at it now. It can't. I think it's the best game. It can't be the best game, right? There aren't there aren't a lot of good games. We got Florida at Utah. I think that's a better game. I don't think it's going to be a good game. Uh, TCU. Oh, like, you know what it is? It's South Carolina at North Carolina. Is that is that really the best game? I think that's going to be fun. I mean, Tennessee, Virginia is not going to be. We don't have too. like one. Like, what's the Chick Fil A kickoff game? Uh, I don't see one. Is is North? Is that North Carolina? Yeah, South Carolina? That's, uh, that's in Charlotte. Hmm. Is there is there no kickoff game next year? We should know this being a college football. Uh, I don't live in Atlanta anymore, Matt uh, Green. That's you. You're the Atlanta guy now. You worked at the College Football Hall of Fame. You should know this, not me. <laughs> I, I gotta, don't know this I gotta look up. I gotta look this. Uh, Twenty. It doesn't look like there is. I didn't see it. Just looking at uh, Louisville, Georgia Tech. Is that the? That's an ACC that, matchup. Is that what they're calling the kickoff game? Where do you see that? That's a Mercedes Benz. Maybe that's what it is, because that is at the Benz. That's. Uh, but I thought it always had to be out of always, conference. It always seemed to be SEC. I guess last year was Oregon. So yeah, Louisville, Georgia Tech. I guess September first. Hmm. Um. So yeah, that really, uh, really dropped the ball there. Is that, is that a home <laughs> game for Georgia Tech? Like that's a conference game. So yeah, that's that's strange. Yeah, Notre Dame Navy is in Dublin this year. Uh, I just I don't get it. Who what, Georgia Tech what, and Florida the, State are going other, to Dublin. Yeah, that was the one they just announced. I just Florida State and Georgia Tech, like the the two cl- probably that's probably the closest rival. I guess Georgia Tech Clemson is closer. That's probably the closest ACC team to Florida State. Like Georgia Tech Florida State should be a low key like rivalry. Like it put put Miami and Boston College over in Ireland or something like that hmm. they, they're not they can't make that drive like Georgia Tech Florida State that's a bummer yeah well that's all I've got Matt Green um thank you as always uh this was fun uh we'll have another uh themed episode uh coming up on Sunday show but thank you as always for making the time find you on Twitter at Matt underscore W underscore Green and all of that good stuff hey. Just so yes. you're on the record, who wins the NCAA tournament? I put I got a ticket in. I got a bet. Do you already have it? I, I put a I put a team. I took a took a chance. Took a wild card out there. Well, who, hold on. Who did you pick? I'm not. I got the say. Kentucky Wildcats, baby. Oh no. I'll, uh, I'll win. I'll win some. Uh, oh. A few a few doll hairs if uh, if the Kentucky Wildcats can pull it off. Took a took a flyer on them. I don't think it's gonna be Kansas. I think it's in, um, nearly impossible to go back to back. Um, I don't think it's Houston. Like it's the Final Four's in Houston. I mean, I'm gonna say. I'm still my gut. I said it early on this year. UConn. I'm gonna stick with UConn. I think UConn wins it. Ooh. I think UConn. the Divas. I think UConn I wins like it. it. I also put yeah. a put a bet for the Sacramento Kings to win the NBA Finals. So uh, oh, so you're just throwing money we'll away. See. Is Tori we'll not what at home? We'll What's what happening happens. here? Yeah, you Tor- gotta roll the dice. You gotta you gotta. gotta Tori's gonna listen to this. Tori, Matt Green just threw money away. Hey, he she, bet on the Sacramento Kings to win the Finals on, uh, on Texas to win it all. So that's mm. that's her uh, that's her wild 
her long shot pick. So not not as much of a long shot as Kentucky. But uh, who's Zeus's pick of the like? Who who do we got for <laughs> Zeus? I don't I don't know. Uh, Zeus have to look at the bracket. I'll, I'll, I'll have to update you tomorrow. How's his knee? Still good? How's the rehab going? Oh yeah, man, never been better. He's uh he's in the best shape of his life. Really ready for the season. Um, Matt Green, always a pleasure. Talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.